Man, ah, just love just sitting there and just listening to his word just be read to us. <laughs> There's something really powerful about that. And, uh, and even as we are in this series of base camp trying to figure out this adventure that God has for us, in the scriptures it says, I pondered the direction of my life. And that's what we've been talking about, that when we come up to this point of where there's God and everything else, we, we ponder the direction. Which way are we going to go? And in the Psalm uh, 119, which so much of that scripture was from, he says, but I turned to follow your ways because your word is actually a lamp to my feet. So there's a, there's, a, there's a way where you wander and you have to try to figure it out. And the Bible always talks about how there's darkness there, but there's a, a lamp to our feet so we can actually see where we're going and what this adventure actually with God is. And it's his word to us. And I love a few of these others. Make me walk along the path of your commands. Make, make, me, God, make me go this way, God. Help me go this way. Because that's where my happiness is found. This is life over here. And this has been the struggle over here. And I will walk, and I love this one, and I'll over here, I'll actually walk in freedom, which is such a great word, for I have devoted myself to your commands. I'm going to go with your way. And when I do, I walk in freedom. And then Jesus, beautiful words, this is eternal life, that we actually know the one true God and Jesus Christ whom he sent. And so my goal, and this scripture says it, and I'm going to say it's my goal too for us this morning, my goal is that you might be encouraged in your heart, united in love, so that you can have the full riches of complete understanding. In order that you, why? Why do we want to have the full riches of complete understanding? So that you can actually know the mystery of God, which is namely Christ. So that you can know Christ intimately and personally. Because in him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Man, today's a good day, you guys. So here's, here's let me just recap again. And, and, and again, my name is Dave Nelson. If you're new here today, and I'm the lead pastor here, and we're doing a series called Base Camp. It's where the adventure begins. And we just started a few weeks ago helping every one of us to understand that there is an adventure that God invites you to in this life. And the adventure is, you can be with me, God says. You can live with me, and I can live with you. I can actually be inside of you every moment of every single day. And life turns into what it was created to be. And that's in an intimate, personal relationship with God. And so we found out that the way to start that adventure, the first step is you put your faith in Jesus Christ, who came to reconcile us back to the Father, to take care of what was separating us from God, to keep us from wandering around aimlessly, on that, trying to find our fulfillment in everything else. But God, through Christ, said, come back to me, because I want to walk through every moment of every day with you. And then we looked at there's great confidence, man. When you put your faith in Christ, there is great confidence because all of your sin, all of it forever is completely wiped away before God. And you become his child. You're his kid for eternity, which is fantastic. And then last week we looked at the fact that the other confidence that we can have is that we are also now led. We're led. We actually receive the Holy Spirit of God inside of us who's our guide through this adventure who leads us and moves us and helps us to really know Christ. And so it's just so grateful if, uh, for those of you who went through your base camp group this last week and had a chance just to learn more about how the Holy Spirit can really take you through this life. And so today, now we come to this field manual that God actually gives us not only a personal guide, but he also gives us a field manual, kind of like a map. And because the question that all of us have to answer and deal with is this. We, in, how do I know for sure 
that I'm actually on the adventure with God. Because one thing I know uh, in my own personal life and after being in ministry over 20 years is that we can think that we're on an adventure with God. But the reality is we're on an adventure with a God that we made up. And so lots of times we have a God that we kind of came up with and we came up with this other God that, you know, he kind of does the things we like. And, and so you, what you find out is that is an adventure to come up with your own God. It's just one you don't want to be on. And yet all of us, every human being is prone to wander into areas that aren't even really God and yet we think they are. So how can we know? that we are actually on the adventure with the one true God, because that's eternal life, remember? Jesus said eternal life is that you know the one, what God? True God. So we got to figure this out. So I was thinking about that, and I think what we really need is a spiritual GPS system. Wouldn't that be great? (laughs) I mean, if we had a spiritual GPS system, something that could just guide you along the path. And so let me read some of these scriptures for you again. For your word is a lamp to my feet and a light on my path. Make me walk along the path of your commands, for that is where my happiness is found. I walk in freedom, for I have devoted myself to your commandments. I, I, I shifted this a little bit. Um, here, I don't know about you. How many of you love your GPS? Anybody? Oh, come on, man. I mean, I, t- I totally rely on that. Don't you? You rely on the GPS. So here's my new uh, GPS scripture. For my GPS is a light unto my path. Make me drive along the roads of my GPS, for that is where my happiness comes from. Doesn't it? I mean, when, when you can just not, I mean, up, instead of being lost and frustrated, you just plug in the GPS and your happiness comes from that. I will drive in freedom for I have devoted myself to my GPS. And I was just down in California this last week and it was great because while I was down there the whole time and we just plug in the address and it's freeing, isn't it? I mean, you can chill and all of a sudden you can tell. And as I walk along, my happiness is found in the fact that there's somebody who knows how to get where I'm going and I can just plug it in there and I'm good to go. You know what's crazy though? So ever since I've been back, so I, I, Susie wanted me to pick up some pizza, by, uh, Little Caesars. And uh, so I just thought, well, I'll use my GPS and find out which Little Caesars is closest. And so I just plugged in Little Caesars from current location, right? Isn't that how you do it? So I stick it in there and it took me all the way to California. Like last night, I, I was going to a concert. I said, well, I want to try to figure out how to get to the venue. So I stuck in the venue's name, and it took me all the way to California. So see, the, the point is this. We all have a GPS system. We all have something inside of us spiritually that's actually guiding us and leading us. The problem is, some of you, your GPS, your spiritual internal direction system, is taking you way off path. And you think it's God, and yet it's not. And so we need something greater than that. And you guys, what we're going to say, this is what's so good today, is that God has given us his word. He has given us his very word, the scriptures, the Bible, so that we can know who he is, okay? And so let me just start here. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 4 says this. His divine power, God's divine power has given us, and Mark read this earlier, Look, guys, I got to tell you, this was one of my favorite passages in all the scripture. It has given us everything we need for life and godliness. How does that sound? It should sound awesome. I'm telling you, when I find myself in a situation in my life where I feel like I'm panicking or I'm freaking out or I don't know what to do or I feel empty and I'm frustrated or my emotions are whacked out or whatever's going on, I can stop right there and I go, wait a second. 
God told me that I have everything I need for what? Life. That includes everything. That includes my work. That includes my marriage. That includes my kids. God has given me everything I need for life. And he's given me everything I need for godliness. And really, that word means to be God-centered. It means he's given me everything I need so that when I come up to this and I'm pondering which way should my life go, he's given me everything I need to be God-centered and to live over here instead of over here. Now, how does that happen? He goes, I've given you everything you need for life and godliness through your knowledge of him. When you know God, he's going to give you everything that you need for life so that you can actually be centered on him. Now, this word knowledge is really interesting because it means a correct and precise knowledge, right? Because there's knowledge out there that isn't right, right? I mean, that's true for everything that we involve. Everything you're involved in, all of education is simply trying to help you to know the truth about whatever subject you're studying. So there's false information and there's true information. This knowledge is correct and precise. I love that. Precise knowledge. But it's also full and thorough. See, because sometimes you can have correct and precise knowledge about something and yet your knowledge truly of the subject that you're studying has never actually captured your being. It's never actually changed the way that you live. And if you're learning about any subject... And it actually isn't changing how you operate in life. Once you learn the truth about it, you didn't actually learn it. You don't actually know it. It's possible to know about things and not know them. And that's really true about people, right? This knowledge right here that God is saying will give you everything that you need for life. You got to make sure it's the correct knowledge, precise knowledge, and full and thorough knowledge. It means personally knowing him. And then he goes in verse 4 and he says, Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises. Isn't that awesome? God's like, man, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to give you my promises. So that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. You guys, this is the best news. This is the gospel. You guys, what we've been sharing with you is the gospel. It just means good news. Like, it's good news. It's like when somebody told me that Utah scored 49 points last night. You know, you know what they were? Seriously, it was so funny. If you actually took the true word of the meaning, you know, you, when you hear evangelist, what do you think of? I think of Billy Graham. That's the first thing, you know, I think of Billy Graham. Some, you know, but you know what the word evangelist means? It means the bearer of good news. <laughs> so thank you to all you evangelists who told me good, good news, the gospel of the youth scoring 49 points last night. That's, so here's the good news the gospel that we live in, that I and you can actually escape the corruption in this world that's caused by evil desires. That is good, good news. We can escape the, the, the forces that are at work, the evil desires of, as, as we've been talking, that are so self-centered that destroy every relationship. You can escape those. You can escape all these everything else that lured you in and said, man, if you follow this and if you do this, this is going to give you life. And then you got sucked into it and you bought it. You bought the lie that it would fulfill you and satisfy you and give you your significance. And then it trapped you and it made you a slave to it. And you keep trying. He just says, you know, you can escape that. All the stuff that's inside your life that is not right 
can be gone. That is so good. And you can actually what? Participate in the divine nature. All that God is, which we talked about the fruit of the Spirit last week, that love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, is all yours to participate in. And how does it happen? He says his divine power has given us everything we need for life, which would be participating in the divine nature and escaping that. How? Through our knowledge of him. And you guys, the Bible is our field manual that keeps us connected to the one true God. So now let me just share with you a little bit how this goes on. Peter goes on in this chapter one, and so he knows this. So it's like I just, it's sometimes I, I stop, and actually I'll be honest with you, every time I sit down here, before I come up, my prayer is that wouldn't it be cool if Jesus actually could get up here? I mean, I would just so love to sit out there with you and let Jesus get up on the stage and teach us. Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> See, that would be so cool. I know you're like, get off the stage. All right, so um, that would be great. And I, and I also just, you know, right now, it's like, man, if Peter, the one who got to walk with Jesus for three years, could share with you something this morning, he would share this. He looked at his, his disciples, the people that he was helping to know Christ, and he knew this. He knew this. He knew, it. He knew that they could escape the corruption in this life and that they could participate with God. But to do that, they'd have to know the one true God. So he lists off some stuff, and then he goes, and, and, and starting off in verse 12, he says this. Because this is possible, he says, I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them. Some of you out there, you're like, man, I'm church boy. You know, some of you out there, you, you've got a ton of knowledge. You, you really understand a lot of things. If Peter was here, he'd look at you too. And he'd say, you know what? I'm reminding you too, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth, you now have, I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body because I know that I will soon put it aside as the Lord Christ has made clear to me. And look at this. He says, I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. I love that. Peter just said, I'm going to make every effort to make sure that you remember these things because what I'm telling you is true. And here's our two options, you guys. We can either be established in the truth over here with God or we can be blown around by lies. And it's your choice. And so Peter knows that. In fact, he, if anybody got messed up with lies, Peter, I mean, if you read the, Peter's account, I love reading him because he's just a goofball. Yeah, he, he's a dude that really struggled to get it for a long time. And he made a lot of mistakes. So here's a guy who could speak out of really, you know, personal experience. He goes, I know what it is to buy things that aren't right and to be wandering around and make a bunch of mistakes. And I know what it is to be firmly established in the truth. And it's your choice. And so, and and we can be blown around. And so Ephesians chapter four, I just wanted to throw up this other passage. It's a great passage. It says this. We have that opportunity here, he says, to no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who's the head of the body, the church. 
See, again, for, for many of you in this room, one of the things I love about K2, if, if, if statistics are still true about our church, 50% of you in this room are brand spanking new to this thing. <laughs> You're just getting it, and that's why we're doing base camp, because we want to make sure that you get firmly established in the truth. We want to remind you of these things, because what you think about God right now, I, I, I'll be totally honest with you, I've been studying God for 26 years. I've done it at a master's level in theology. I've done all that. Here's one thing I know. I still don't know a lot about God. In fact, if if I ever came across as knowing everything about God, you all should leave, (laughs) right? Because if he's not bigger than this little head, we got a problem, all right? But here's what's important. We grow up into him. It's a continual growth of maturity. And when you mature, you actually start to look more like Christ. You follow God more freely. You love more deeply. You sacrifice yourself. You give yourself away. It's just, that's what happens as you do this. But what Peter knew and what Paul knew when he wrote this is there are going to be teachings that are going to come There are going to be ideas that enter your mind and they are going to sound so good that you're going to think they're what's true about God. How are you going to know what is true about God when you hear all the stuff that the world teaches and not only what the world teaches, what you think in your own mind? You know, that's a big enough battle, isn't it? Just what you think? (laughs) It is for me. And then the world comes with all these crazy ideas too. There is only one. Frank, Mark, would you do me a favor? I keep on reaching for it, and I, did, I forgot to bring up my Bible. Would you bring that up in the base camp book right there for me? <clears throat> I just need this. I just need this because I, I just want to I, I just, just hold this in front of your face <laughs> and just help you to realize this. When I'm struggling inside my head and I feel like I'm being blown here and there, there is only one place I can go that will firmly establish me, and it's what God says, not what I think. And so you need to know, Peter says right now, here's your, chi- here's your option. Establish yourself in the truth as you go on this journey with God or be blown all over the place by these lies that sound really good. And the only place you can go, guys, is right here. All right, the next thing, he goes on and he says this. We didn't follow cleverly invented stories when we told you about the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he, re- we, he received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory, saying, This is my Son whom I love, and with him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. What's Peter trying to say here? He's saying we have two choices again. When you're going to try to figure out what is true about God and how can I make sure that I'm not coming up with ideas about him that aren't real, how can I know the truth? Peter says this. You have another option. You can either trust eyewitness accounts or you can trust cleverly invented stories. Now, here's what's great. Here's what's kind of funny to me is they were already making up stories even while these guys were still alive. Right, so Peter and, and James and John and Paul, all these apostles were there. They saw all this. They lived with him. They witnessed it. And they're trying to tell people about it. And then you have all these other people who are kind of sneaking in. And they're already creating, I love this, cleverly invented stories. Now, understand that. If they're clever, that means what? They're pretty good. It's not like a stupid story. 
right? It's not like you hear that and you go, oh, that couldn't be. No, they're clever, but they're invented. And I want to tell you, man, for the last 2,000 years, people have been inventing stories about Jesus all the time. You guys are aware of this, right? There is stuff coming up about Christ. The only thing that we have of eyewitness record accounts are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. <laughs> These were the guys who walked with him, spent three years with him, and then recorded because they wanted to make sure that everybody would know the truth about who Jesus Christ was. And even lately, we have books that are written and we have movies that are produced to show us that there's this whole other side of Jesus. Very good, cleverly invented stories. So just be careful. When you come up to this and you go, I want to know who Jesus is, where are you going to go? Where are you going to go? Are you going to check? Are you going to trust the eyewitness account? Or are you going to trust the cleverly invented story? Then Peter goes on and he says this. And we have the word of the prophets made more certain. And you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. Oh, that's so poetic. Don't have time to get into that, but it's so beautiful, you guys. So basically what he's saying is the prophets have spoke to us and you do really well to pay attention to this because it's like a, a light in a really dark place, which I don't know if you've ever been in a really dark place. I mean, when you can't see anything. You guys ever been there? Man, that's freaky. I don't even care. I don't care how manly you are. That's freaky to be in a situation where you can't see anything. And he says, the word of the prophets are like a light. You finally see it. I finally get it. And then he goes, you do well, do well to pay attention to it as a light shining in the dark place until the day dawns and the morning star, who is the, it's a symbol for Jesus until Jesus rises up in your hearts. And look at this above all. Okay. How important is this? Yeah, that's pretty important. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Now, I can tell you this, you have every right to believe whatever you want to believe. But if you're going to believe anything the Bible says, if you're going to believe anything that the eyewitness men who wrote about Christ say, and if you want to see unbelievable fulfillment of prophecy hundreds of years before, fulfilled over and over and over again, he's saying you've got to understand, you guys, true prophecy, true scripture that comes from God was never the person's own interpretation. It never came from the origin of the will of the person. It came from God. And I, I think in our day and age, and, and, and this is true just for all of us, you guys, so here's the third thing that I think Peter's trying to tell you. You either go with God's idea or you go with your idea. You either go with God's idea or you go with your idea. When something happens, the human tendency is to have our own interpretation of what's going on. Do you guys know you all do that, right? I know I do that. And so uh, uh, an event happens, something's going on, I'm trying to figure out what I should do with my life. You lay it out there, our whole life, right? Everything for life is available to us, but all of life is so confusing. And so all we're trying to do is interpret everything that's going on. And then many times what we'll do, man, I sit with people all the time. And one of the hardest questions that we want to ask God is why? Why did this happen? Why does that happen? We want to try to interpret what's going on, what the meaning of the universe, what love is, who God is, all that kind of stuff. 
And you've got to understand right here, huge. Don't ever trust your own interpretation. You know, that's why in our day and age, I feel like one of the most important, uh, or not important, but one of the highest levels of, of, of esteem is people say, follow your own heart, right? That's what you'll hear, follow your own heart. I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't follow that. If there's anything that'll mess you up more than anything is your heart. I mean, I don't, my heart, even this last week. <laughs> you know, I mean, if I followed my heart, I get seasick following my own heart. So, don't follow your own heart. Don't try to figure it out on your own. What did God say through the Holy Spirit that we learned about last week as he moved people along and they wrote from him? That's what you need. You guys, if you're ever going to make sure that you're on the adventure with God, you need his word to let you know that you're on it. Okay? Let me show you how this works. Another great verse, Hebrews chapter 4. I'm not even using my notes. Here I am. Hebrews chapter 4. It says, The word of God is alive and active. It is sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to, divide, even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. And this is, I, you know, for eight years I've been sharing this with you. That uh, one of the coolest things that I have experienced in 20 years of really being engaged in the, in the scriptures is it's crazy to me how God speaks to me in here. Seriously, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, and we talked about that last week, that He will guide you and He will speak to you. One of the things that's cool is the Spirit is called the Spirit of Truth, and the Word is called your Word of Truth. One of the ways you learn to hear the Spirit's voice inside of you is you read this, and the Spirit uses it in your heart to help you know. It's alive and active, you guys. That's because in 2 Timothy 3, it says that all Scripture, all Scripture was God-breathed. In other words, it, again, it came from the very life of God. And since He's eternal, He doesn't say one thing and then it just be done. Since He's eternal and He's beyond this realm that we're in, when He speaks, His Word lasts forever. And so that's why we can know that it's alive. I can read something written hundreds, thousands of years ago, and because it actually came from God, it's eternal, which means it's beyond time, which means he can still use it to speak to me today. And, and you might be going, whatever, I, I don't care. The truth is, attic happens to me all the time. And that's your field manual. That's what keeps you on this thing. So when it's alive and active, what does it do? I, I tried to find a big sword, man. Anybody got a samurai sword I could use for next service? I just, I just went, you know, and just, because it says like, man, this, the word of God is this double-edged sword that when it comes in, just, you know, the type that you see him slicing paper with, you know, and tomatoes with, and just coming through. And it goes right in and it says, it actually penetrates. When you read God's word, it penetrates into your soul. And he gives this picture, even as dividing. So when the word of God comes, like every time you're here on a Sunday, I know the word of God comes every time you read it at home or in your life together group or base camp this week. The word of God will come into penetrate into your soul and it will divide. And all of a sudden, and really what he's doing is this. He's dividing between what is your idea and his idea. That's what the word of God does. 
And so let me just give you a few examples of how this works. Like forgiveness. Forgiveness. I talk to people over and over and over and over again who can't really believe that they're completely forgiven by God. You know, again, we talked about this already, but I'm telling you, it happens to me almost every week where people go, still, that one was just too bad. So then what you need is, you, where do you go? Because if you're buying that, then you're, you're, you're way over here. You're being blown here and there by a wind of teaching that is not in the Bible. Okay? So you open up God's word, and 1 Peter 2.24 says, He himself, Christ himself, bore all of our sin in his body when he was on the tree. And I always go to everybody, I say, so how many sins had you committed before Jesus died? Anybody? That would be none. None. So it's not like you did some, you know, and then Jesus forgave those, and now you got future ones. No, because his work was eternal, he took care of all of your sin. So the word of God comes in and goes, this whole idea that you're not forgiven. Bad idea. Your idea. You, all of your sin, Bible teach, all sin in Christ, right? God's idea. And his word comes in and it lets you know you're buying a lie. This is what's true. Another one is he doesn't love me anymore. He doesn't, I, I battle this one. I can feel, follow your heart, Dave. Oh, great, God doesn't love me anymore. Because that's what my heart will tell me. People wonder, did he abandon me? We feel that all the time. So where do we go? Romans Hey, thank you very much. Romans 8. And the word comes in as a sword and divides and takes your idea and says, that whole idea that God doesn't love you anymore and that the hardship in this life means that he has abandoned you, bad idea. Your idea. Because God's word says, nothing can ever separate us from Christ's love. Doesn't mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or persecuted or hungry. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from the love of God. Got it? Your idea, God's idea. So he has thoughts. Some, some of them are, you know, we get to the idea where all of a sudden we think that sinning isn't a big idea, a, a big deal. Your idea. Sin is a big deal. Because in 1 John, it says, if we claim to have fellowship with God, but walk in the darkness, we lie and we don't live in the truth. In other words, you can't be saying, hey, I know I'm over here doing everything that God doesn't want me to do, and me and him, we're good. No. Are you forgiven? Yes. Are you still his child? Yes. Can you have fellowship with him and keep in step in the spirit while you're sleeping around or being greedy or telling lies or being unfaithful? No. No. Don't fool yourself, okay? It is a big deal. You know how big of a deal it was? Jesus had to come and die for your sin and pay that punishment. That's how big of a deal your sin is. So the word of God comes. You guys, the word of God is alive and active. And if you're ever going to truly know if you're walking with him or if you're walking in your own idea, the only way that's gonna work is you need what's alive and active. The Spirit, it's, you know what the Word of God is called in Ephesians? It says, the Word is the spirit, sword of the Spirit. The Spirit of God who you received, when you read His Word, will use it as a sword and let you know what is true and what is not. And Peter says, that's so important to understand because when you follow His ways, when you know the true God, you have everything you need for life and godliness. And you stay on the adventure. As soon as you go with your own ideas, you do go on an adventure. It's just the wrong one. It's just the wrong one.
man, hold on to the Word of God. 